Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to entangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Friends, I just want to shout out y'all right now. You are amazing. Each one of you have been so incredibly supportive of us. You've left us the most amazing and gracious reviews. You constantly share on Instagram about us, which helps us grow so much. You are why we keep on doing this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me just say every review matters so much and it helps us. So if you haven't written us a review, you can do so on iTunes. It would mean the world to us and it would help us to continue to get this message out there. Now today, I'm so excited to invite my dear friend back onto the podcast, Mike Foster. If you don't remember, we actually had an episode earlier last year talking about how to foster deeper connection and intimacy in your dating life. Mike is such a wonderful human being. He's one of my favorite humans. He's actually a best-selling author, a speaker, and he's also such an advocate for broken and messy people, just like me and probably just like you. Also, he has an incredible podcast called Fun Therapy, which if you haven't heard of it, you have to go check it out. I had the pleasure of being on it during season three, and we had just had such a good life-giving conversation. I was so honored. So I hope you guys go and take a listen to that episode. Mike also has a book that he published with his wife, Jennifer, called Five Dates. It's a his and her workbook to help couples connect. I've personally used this, friends, and I can tell you it's been so impactful in my dating life just to foster deeper gratitude, connection, and overall more understanding. I could not recommend it to you more, especially if you're currently dating. Now today, we are diving into the topic of codependency. So many of y'all have asked about this, so get ready. We dive into it, and actually, Mike and I both admit to being recovering codependent, so there is a lot to say about it. If you aren't sure what it is, or if you want to know more about the symptoms and how to recognize and heal from it, you're going to just learn so much today from Mike sharing his heart and wisdom on this topic. Okay, friends, get ready for this incredible episode. I am so excited to share it with you. Mike, I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting me be here. <laughs> In your I house. always love talking with you. Yeah, this is such a joy. You are our first, I think, Mike, you're our true first repeat guest on Heart of Dating, actually. Oh my gosh, really? So yeah, I didn't think I told you that. I feel really honest right now. <laughs> We had someone else who was kind of on a group interview and then separately with his wife, but you are like our first solo, solo repeat. Well, that, <laughs> that feels really good inside right now. My little heart's just warmed up. So thank you. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. The last episode too, people keep reposting it. It was so awesome. And if you guys missed it, we talked about just connection and how to foster deeper connection with your, in your relationships. Mm. And you and your wife, Jennifer, have an amazing book called Five Dates. So we kind of talked about that. Yes. Maybe share a little bit uh, what Five Dates is, just in case people didn't hear that episode. Yeah, it's a it's a workbook for couples dating, engaged, married, and it's a five step process where you go out on five dates and you work through five key topics that help bring connection to your relationship mm-hmm. and togetherness to your relationship. I think the main sort of difference and approach for us in terms of how we write and create things is. We made it really easy. It, it yeah. sets couples up to win. 
I think a lot of times relationship development tools can be either complicated or stir up a lot of negative things. They want you right. to work on your problems. And we're our whole um, angle is don't don't work on your problems, work on your togetherness, like mm. build a, a positive foundation yeah. for your relationship. And most couples have, most couples have chronic problems. I mean, it's just, yeah. that's, that's a part of being in relationship. <laughs> and yet they often, they can identify the problem, but they, they missed the, the really beautiful, wonderful things that actually exist in the relationship because, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of good in the relationship too, but we have, so we, we try to pivot from couples focusing on problems mm. to focusing on what's, what's going right in the mm. relationship and start there. Even if it's very simple things. So, uh, every relationship has a few things that, that are working <laughs> and to, mm-hmm. to build off of that. And practicing gratefulness actually like that is so good. I think my stepmom sent me this quote. I don't know where it's from, but it was something along the lines of, it's not happiness that makes us grateful. It's gratefulness that makes us happy. Yes. And when we just focus on that, look, I'm ha- am I happy? Am I not happy? But what am I grateful for in this re- in my mm. relationship with my partner? It can be so powerful when you sit back and you're like, well, over the last month, what did this person do? What am I grateful for? Mm-hmm. Or fostering that in the dates, you know? And so I love that. I would always say, you know, it's, it's so easy to find the dirt in people, but mm. it, it takes a, uh, it takes a little work to find the gold. But if yeah. you, if you come at it from a, a point of view of gratitude, mm. of, of appreciation, yeah. of uh, thankfulness for, for my partner, um, you'll find gold there. Yeah. And, and the problems tend to hijack the relationship, right? Right. Versus going like, Hey, let's, let's, let's work on what's working. And, uh, that's so that it's kind of a, a shift and it's been really popular and cup, it's really helped so a lot of couples. Um, we've had, you know, almost 20,000 couples do it wow, this year that's amazing. and I'm so grateful and it's simple, you know, it's like, it's kind of built it's for guys fun. too, yeah, you know, like it's guy like friendly. Five minute read. Yeah. Like it says all of really it, like easy. tells you how long it's really going to take. So. It's so fun. You can doodle, you can do little fun things. I love it. Yeah. Um, and some other amazing things you're working on. So a few months ago, I was a part of the amazing Rescue Academy, yes. which was such a pleasure that you hosted a few times a year, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, I do about five or six here in San Diego where mm-hmm. we live. And then I'll usually do about five or six private events across the country. Then that's where organizations will bring me in and do the uh, teaching and the training there. And so, oh, two, so cool. two days together and we, we had, it was so oh, wonderful so having you there. Oh, that class was so great. Like everyone was so, I just, it was such a great time. If you, if anyone listening has the opportunity to go, definitely check it out. Where can they go to check it out? Uh, just rescueacademy.com. Academy. Okay. Yeah. It's just incredible because you go through, there's seven different series or I think something. Yeah. Like yeah. Something yeah I'm trying to remember. You know, every, every, every training's a little bit different because we really try to, it's it's interactive right um, it's yep. not just me teaching the whole time or yeah it's um so sometimes the the students set the agenda in yeah. terms of what we talk about and so we talk about all the way from couples counseling to shame to uh how our bodies um yeah need to be honored in terms mm-hmm. of um self-care just how to be a good heart handler that's where we teach people yeah. how to like whether you're coaching counseling people whether you're mm trying to help a friend, we, we literally just show you the best practices mm. to do that. And the, I always 
tell people it's 50% leadership development, it's 50% personal development. And uh, we do both. And I definitely got a lot out of it on both sides. And so one topic I like that we're going to dive into today that you brought up at Rescue Academy was the idea of codependency. And Mm. I will be honest, I think I heard the word a few times before the Rescue Academy, but when you said it and you kind of define what that meant and I, you even recommended some books to read mm-hmm. on it. And I was like, I need to look at this because it sounds like I'm probably that mm. or I've done, I've had those tendencies in the past. And so over the last few months, I've definitely dove in and it's so eye opening. And now I've realized, oh my gosh, more people, I'm this, I'm a recovering codependent. Like, let me admit that. And I think a lot of people, more people are actually codependent than they realize as well. And so I think also when you add it into dating, and a lot of people have messaged when I've posted clips about this or any sort of quotes, they're like, wow, that's that I'm definitely, I can so relate to that. Mm. Where did you get this? What are you talking about? I'm like, well, this is this thing called codependency. Um, and people don't want to admit that they maybe are because it doesn't sound like a great word, right? <laughs> like <laughs> codependent. What does this mean? Yes. Um, so can you maybe describe to us what that, what it means? Like, what does this term codependent mean? Yeah. Well, for, for, for I have to, I have to confess too that I <laughs> am a codependent. Uh, I'm in, I'm in a 12 step group, uh, Mm -hmm. that that meets a couple of times a month. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how our relationships can be very much defined by codependency and we don't even realize it. Right. And most of what's happening is it is our need, our deep desire and need to be loved and to be wanted. Mm. And we, that need drives us to do unhelpful or unhealthy things in our relationships. Mm. And so a codependent relationship is one where I, I need you to need me. I need you to love me. I need Mm. you to like me. Mm. Uh, And at the, and we, that those themes and those ideas cause us to actually compromise ourselves. Mm. And so what happens is relationships, whether it's dating relationships, friendship relationships, family relationships, big, lots of kind of yes. around family oh, gosh, relationships, yeah. we get our identity enmeshed in somebody else's identity. Right. And all of a sudden, their success and their what they're doing is a direct reflection on my value. Mm. And so w- w- let me take a simple example. Yeah. like. A mom raising kids. Mm, okay. That's good. Yeah. So those those are those can become very codependent mm-hmm. uh, relationships because we want to see our kids succeed. We want them mm-hmm. to thrive. We want them to be the best that they can be. And and what we don't realize is that their performance, quote unquote performance, right. or their success um, often becomes a direct reflection of how we parent mm. and whether we're a good parent or not. Right. Exactly. And again, it's, it's some external thing, uh, that is, um, informing our personal value. Mm-hmm. And so what we just start getting in these relationships, start doing things, we start compromising ourselves, mm. And then the rela- the relationship gets, can be 
all kinds of levels of dysfunction around this. Okay. <laughs> yes. there, there's, there's some codependent relationships that are just toxic, right? Yeah. And we, we certainly should talk about that, those, yeah. those types of relationships. But there's also relationships that are just maybe kind of a low grade fever. Yeah. And there's kind of low codependency, but still we, we want to be recognizing that mm. in terms of how we think, what we say, mm. codependency impacts our boundaries in a big way. Oh, wow. And yeah. so, um, you know, most of us are at some level in some codependent relationships. And mm -hmm. so talking about it, being aware of it, um, making some shifts in terms of how we interact with each other is really important. Family, dating, marriage, whatever it might be, whatever yeah. the relationship is. And so what's interesting is this is where it's like, I wanted to do this episode to bring that awareness in some way, in whatever way I can, because it's, it, we're, we're not very aware of it. We're having these feelings, we're acting certain ways, and we don't really know that it's because of this, almost like a desire to control someone. There's a lot of mm -hmm. control element in it as well. Yes. Um, which is a, which is a manifestation of fear. Mm, Control always yeah, comes true. from a fear. Like I'm afraid, again, taking this parent, I'm afraid my kids might fail. So I, begin to control them mm. or um, right. I'm afraid this relationship might fail. Mm -hmm. So I start controlling them to make sure that we're working, you know, mm. that this thing's going to work. And it, it, it's all around fear and really our own value or just right. the sense yeah. of, um, are we enough? The core of all of who we feel yeah, like yeah, we are. Are we enough? <laughs> So, okay. And do, establishing some of like, what are some of the signs or patterns maybe like what happens that maybe people can start recognizing, Oh, wow, I'm doing that. Or I'm, hmm. I'm, that's a pattern I'm experiencing in my relationship, or those are some of the feelings I'm having or what have you. Can you maybe identify some? Well, of you brought one of the best ones is just controlling any, anytime we're trying to control or fix somebody that is a codependent behavior, yeah. um, where, uh, we need them to behave a certain way. We need them to do something in a particular way. Anytime we are looking mm. to control somebody else, that is a codependent behavior. Mm. One of the things that we talk about in, in Rescue Academy is always ask, use the question or a self-reflection question of is, do I care about the problem more than they care about the problem? Mm. And anytime that dynamic is where you're caring more about the problem than the right. individual is caring about the problem, then that's a codependent structure there. And so I control for sure is um, controlling, fixing mm -hmm. is just classic. I and think you can kind of almost blanket that with like, oh, well, I'm helping them, right? It's, right. Like, it's like this good deed of like, oh, but I'm helping them do X, Y, Z things. So that's noble. You yes. know, I feel like at least knowing myself, that's what happens. Well, and that's, that's where, you know, the topic that we did talk about in the workshop is intention mm. in our intention uh, when we are beginning this desire to help people, because helping people is a good thing, right? It's a mm -hmm. good desire. Um, it's honorable, yeah. but if we're, if our intention is that I'm helping this person because I need to get something from this. Mm. And whether that mean like I feel safer now or I feel better about myself now or I look better now. Like what I, that intention is a codependent intention. Mm. It's okay to help people. Yeah. It's okay to give. It's okay to serve and love and, and try to help people. But 
we really have to check that intention part of like how why am i engaging in this work and yeah. so often it's because not we don't actually really want to help the person it's we're operating from some emptiness or some deficiency or some fear that's living inside of our own heart so control is a huge one what mm -hmm. are maybe some other signs that someone might be codependent so compromising your own boundaries mm. um, is a big one where you sacrifice yourself on behalf of others now one of the things that um anytime we're in over giving mm -hmm. or over responsibility uh areas like mm. It's okay to give. It's okay to take responsibility. What's not okay is when we overgive and we're actually crossing a boundary, like we're giving too much. That's mm. again, you you have to check your own heart. You have to go like <sighs> that's one, that one's hard. Yeah. Am I am I full access to this person? Like this person can call me at two a.m. and and that's okay. I'll always answer. I'll yeah. always answer. I, I I'm always there. I'm always showing up. I'm always the first one in the, you know, when the emergency happens, you mm. know, it's like that, that tends to be like over giving and we're crossing mm. and we're breaking our own boundaries. And so a lot of times what happens in these codependent uh, relationships is we do over give, we take too much, too, take too much responsibility for this person's health or this person's success or what, yeah. what have you. And what happens is that eventually leads to cynicism, anger, um, and I, I just, it builds up to the point where yeah. don't they appreciate what I'm doing? doing for them. Yeah. So if you, if you, if that phrase is rumbling around your head at all in terms of relations, that why doesn't this person appreciate me more for mm -hmm. what I'm doing for them? It's a classic sign that you are in a codependent, you are mm -hmm. over giving here and you need to stop. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I'd yeah. just say like, if you're feeling resentment, cynicism in the relationship, you're over giving over responsibility, controlling, fixing, breaking your own boundaries. Here's one that I, I see happen a lot with people mm. is the unwillingness to say the truth. Mm. So if you're holding back words that you know are true, that you believe are true, that, um, maybe represent your heart or your feelings about something but you hold it back in order to protect them or the relationship. Oh, yeah. That's a codependent thing. Like we, we need to healthy relationships are relationships where you share from your heart. Right. Okay. And not, and are not afraid to do that. Mm. Codependent relationships are, Oh, I can't say that because that might hurt their feelings and might, mm. might, uh, destabilize the, the, the relationship here. Right. Because then in the end, that would affect them, that person. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, well, then it would be destable, not as stable. And then that would, I would feel unsafe, maybe. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, again, you're, you're basically saying this other person's needs are more important than your needs. Mm -hmm. This person's emotional state is more important than my emotional state. And we operate yeah. that way. And that's where the cynicism and anger and resentment builds up. Because that you can only do that for so long. Right. So in this, in codependency and recognizing all of those different, not triggers, but symptoms of codependency, what actually is happening, it seems that we 
again, we hyper-focus on the other person's issues. And in turn, it drives ourselves down, right? Mm -hmm. And so it would seem that probably the the plausible thing to do is somehow we need to separate ourselves from their issues and from the outcome of whatever their issues might be. So how can we do this? How can we practice detachment? Yeah. Well, that, that's right. I mean, that you, what you described there is exactly, I am not responsible for somebody else's outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's a very healthy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you can say that, when you can just release the detach yourself from somebody's success or failure or whether they do the work or not do the work in their own lives, that's actually health. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, radical grace and compassion mm-hmm. for people. And, and I love people and empathize and accept people, but I cannot do other people's work for them. Mm. I expect them to do that. And I'm, so I'm a big champion of radical ownership, right? radical responsibility. And so, um, a lot of times our, our love for people, what, what seems love is really, we're just enabling them to continue in, in poor behavior, Mm. whatever it might be, destructive behavior, dysfunctional behavior, allowing them to treat us a particular way because, Mm. um, like I, I, I think one of the, again, one of the things that for me, I was such a people pleaser, mm. such like, I just wanted to be liked. I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted to be a part of something and I didn't w- want to mess that up. Mm. And that, this is, this is sort of the, the, um, you know, why I'm in a to go, go to 12 step yeah. is that this is ingrained in my DNA. It's mm-hmm. how I approach the world. And most of this stuff starts from early childhood families that we grew up with, the traumas that we've experienced, mm. the the rejection, the hurt, all of that causes us to begin to operate in codependent ways. Right. And so for me, one of the things that happened in my relationships mm. was I lost my voice. Mm. Other people's voice was way more important than what I had to say. Mm. Other people's needs were way more important than Mike Foster's needs. Mm. And, uh, one of the things that that came from all of that is just this deep, deep level of exhaustion. Right. Like this is not a way to live. This is not a way to do relationships. And so, you know, as I as I put myself more on the path of like, I can love you, and I do. I love people. I I want the best mm-hmm. for people. I care deeply about people, um, but I refuse to. Um, take responsibility for their life. Mm. Cause when I do, I, 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 I just compromise who I am mm. at that point. I also know that it's not sustainable in my life. And I know I'm slipping back into my codependent people, pleasing, just scared that I might be kicked out of the party. So yeah. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be the yes man or the yes woman. Mm. Um, and so, Getting reflective mm. on that and realizing that this isn't sort of like it is kind of a, you know, it feels like a like a negative thing, but it's actually a thing that when we talk about codependency, we actually need to have a lot of compassion for it mm. because we're just trying to survive. Right. We're just trying to um, meet some of the deepest needs inside of us uh, through these behaviors and through the, these structures that we put in place in terms of our relationships. 
And so in radical, I love this term radical ownership because it's like I, and I remember something you said is like, you also have to be okay with being misunderstood sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so if you say, you know, if it's coming from a true place in your heart, not like, oh, well, okay, I didn't mean that. And oh, because they took it a specific way. Yes. Um, I think that happens a lot in relationship. I also say that now to people when dealing with breakups, as long as you're coming to the table with so much grace and love and kindness and speaking truth, truth and mm -hmm. love, you can't be responsible for how they receive the information. No. Um, so how do we so tell us some of the ways that we can practice better radical ownership in our life? Like taking ownership of like, if I'm feeling this way, what what is going on in me? How mm -hmm. can I take ownership of how I'm actually feeling instead of being like, well, you are making me this way, yes. right? Well, anytime, anytime we are pointing to somebody else as the reason for my emotional state or for the reason why my life is in this particular state or place, that is, that is a disempowering mm. uh, position or place that we're putting ourselves in. Uh, the thing that I love about radical ownership and radical responsibility is like, I, I have a hundred percent say in what happens mm. in my life. I always tell people, and they don't necessarily like to hear this, but I say, you are ridiculously in charge of your own life. <laughs> like you could bring a thousand yes. different situations that will say like, no, I'm not in charge of my own life. And basically we could unpack that and go mm -hmm. like, no, you still have a decision. You still have a, the, the decision here. Yeah. Now listen, there are things that maybe health issues and certain things that sometimes um, there are certain, certain dynamics, but for the most part, you are ridiculously in charge mm -hmm. of your own life. And so I would like to show for, for me, I am so, uh, it's so easy for me to give over power. Mm. It's, and it, it mm. feels good for like a moment. It feels like blame is, you know, Brene Brown says, you know, blame is a quick way to discharge our pain. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't solve our pain. It doesn't heal our pain. It doesn't actually improve the situation. It just temporarily fixes it. So anytime I can move into ownership, anytime like, you know what, I'm not, it's forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a, a great mm -hmm. sort of radical ownership thing because forgiveness is not about uh, the other person. It's actually about you. Mm -hmm. I'm releasing myself to actually move on. Mm -hmm. it, has, it doesn't have to have anything to do with what this person did or them right. making amends or them, you know, saying they're sorry. It's like, no, I'm making the decision over here to forgive for me. Right. So wow. that, that's an empowering thing for me. And so mm. looking at your life and, and figuring these, mm. these areas of like, where am I giving away power? Where am I giving away responsibility? And we're doing that a lot. I mean, we can blame our boss. We can blame the government. We can blame <laughs> our parents. Like blame her. We can blame that comment on Twitter, Facebook, like, <laughs> All, all these things, and it's like you're giving away power. You're disempowering mm -hmm. yourself in that. But So I like to say, you know, just look for ways to take, take it back. Mm -hmm. And codependency is a great, like, again, you're giving away power to another person. Mm -hmm. Their success or their, their life is more important than, than your life. And, and I just don't, I think, looking for, for those those dynamics, yeah. those habits, those thoughts that we uh, feel good and we're actually really comfortable with. Yeah. The thing about my, my codependent brain is it 
actually makes a lot of sense. Mm. And I can justify it all day long. Like, oh, this is, yeah, this is what Jesus would do. Or this is, this is the nice thing to do. <laughs> or, but really it's like, it's all coming from, from a lot of darkness and a lot of the trauma and the pain in my life. And it's like, like, no, no, no. I need to think clearly about this. Mm. Um, I don't have to live this way or I don't, you know, if you're caught in drama, constant drama in relationships, it's like, that is your choice. Mm. And so, um, you know, to empower and take radical responsibility and ownership of your life actually says you are healthy. Friends, okay, exciting news. So through all of my podcast conversations, meeting with pastors, speakers, and authors, the reading of every relationship book under the sun, coupled with my own 15 years of dating experience, I have realized that I am bursting at the seams with knowledge and insight. So I took everything I learned throughout my 15 years of dating experience and I created something amazing and I'm excited to be introducing it to you today via the Date Great course. The Date Great course is a time for you to dive into transforming your dating life. I will equip you over a five-week time span with the knowledge, tools, and insight you need to love your dating life again and find a healthy, lasting Christian relationship. In module one, we're going to talk about how singleness is not a disease. We'll discuss how we can steward this time well to cultivate holy ambition and develop disciplines that will set us up for marriage. In module two, we'll talk about what is dating anyway, and we'll go over an awareness of your real intentions and ambitions in dating. I will also give you a framework for the various stages of dating, how to navigate each one, and how to initiate different kinds of conversations. In module three, we'll talk about dating essentials. We'll talk about how to know you're dateable, what qualities do you need to have, and then what kind of qualities do you really need to look for in someone else? What kind of a list should you have? Lastly, in module four, we're going to talk about how do you know that you know as we walk through the discernment process and truly determining if you want to spend your life with someone. We will also discuss breakups and how to handle them on either side. There will also be bonus content, including the ultimate dating essentials checklist, the top secrets to initiating, the love thyself guide, and the ultimate breakup Bible study and prayer guide. I am giving Heart of Dating listeners the chance to get on a special list to have first access to this course. You can visit heartofdating.com slash date great to reserve your spot today. I have so much hope and excitement for all of you. I really don't want you to have to go through all the pain, destruction, and frustration I went through. You are ready for freedom and breakthrough and an amazing relationship. So visit heartofdating.com slash date great. something you brought up like right before this was just the self-sacrifice in this. Mm -hmm. So I think in, when it comes to romantic relationships, we're giving away power, right? And when we're codependent, what is the balance? Because when you're in a romantic relationship, what I often find is there has to be a level of self-sacrifice too. There is a yes. level of that. And what I often find, it's hard to find the balance of being sacrificial, practicing sacrificial love, but also creating boundaries, also still taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think most couples, myself included, mess up the most. Like I'm overgiving, but then I'm overgiving with an expectation potentially. Mm -hmm. Or where do I, how do I know, like, is this a situation where I do just kind of have to lay down my needs for this other person? Like, how do we balance that in relationship? Because getting into the thick of relationships, I find that this is like what trips people up sometimes the most. Yeah. So in order to have a healthy relationship, you have to have two healthy people. Hmm. It, it, it's just kind of a, a common sense thing. But I always encourage people in terms of marriage, dating, whatever, that y you working on yourself and you making sure that 
you're practicing self-care, that you're having your needs um, be spoken about in the conversation with your partner, um, you doing things for you. Mm-hmm. that actually is an investment into your relationship yeah. because you're like, uh, I'm going to, I'm, if I'm healthy, I'm going to be able to participate in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. If I'm unhealthy, I mean, or I'm codependent in this relationship, that's not going to end well yeah. for both, for both of you. And so, um, you know, giving, sacrificing, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a big part of who we are and what we should be doing in our relationships. But giving from an overflow, giving from health, giving from a place of real love and not codependent love, right. that's the type of giving and sacrificing that we need to be a part of. Oh, my gosh. It's just making me personally reflect right now, like how many times do I actually act out of codependent love versus real love? Like if I'm being honest with myself, I can say, oh, my intentions are good. But then when I really dive in, sometimes you're like, actually, was my true intention of saying that or doing that because I actually wanted something from that person or because if they do that, then I'll benefit from it in the end. And it's a fascinating, like really getting into and what I know you say this all the time, but I try to practice like being curious with myself. Like, why is that happening? Why is my brain going to those defaults? Um, Am I actually being manipulative right now? Where am I not getting my needs met, but I'm forcing this other person to meet those needs? And how can I maybe do that on my own? How can I practice more self-care? How can I connect more with God? Um, And being curious with yourselves. Because obviously sometimes when we're not, we're just like, oh, let me... I need that other person to fill all these voids in my life. I need them to do that. I'm not even going to think about where it's coming from. I just know my needs are being met or I feel this specific way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put it on the other person to do yes. everything. And that's, that's again, a very disempowering. That's, that's sort of blaming. Right. It's giving uh, the responsibility mm-hmm. to somebody else. And that's, um, it just never ends well. And I mm-hmm. think if we can just, to your point, be more curious about, why am I doing this or why am I tolerating this? Mm. Why am I holding these words back in the relationship? Why am I holding these needs? Why am I not willing to talk about these particular needs with uh, my partner or my spouse or my girlfriend or boyfriend? Like what, why are you unwilling? And that type of reflection or that type of curiosity is actually where we can begin to move towards the freedom from mm-hmm. codependency. Yeah. Um, we get most, most of this stuff, by the way, is happening in a unconscious mm. place. It's, it's become so ingrained in who we are, how we do things, mm. how we interact that we're actually quite unaware of what um, we're doing. Right. And so that, that compassionate curiosity about like, why, why did I feel the need to um, pick up that phone call when I didn't want to pick up that phone call uh, from my my friend who was calling at mm. two o'clock in the morning? Like, <laughs> why do you feel that pressure? Why did I, in that small moment, um, say that thing so people would like me in that moment versus saying what was true or what I was really feeling mm. in that moment? You know, those those kinds of questions and that type of um, I always say curiosity. It's not an interrogation. 
Yeah. It's not a judgmental thing. You said. We don't need more judgment or shame on ourselves. Yeah. But it's just like, I wonder why, or isn't that interesting? Mm. Um, and that's a better position of actually discovering some of the codependent behaviors that we're in. And then we can create, once we've identified it, then we can say, okay, well, wh- how can I heal from this? Mm-hmm. Or how can I create better boundaries? It like gives you the empowerment. So I say like, that's a huge step in this process. Like figure out why, be curious with yourself. Like why are you feeling that way? Why yeah. are you acting that way? Why are you so overly invested on the performance or what that other person's doing? Um, and, and, and honestly, it, to me, the why, and, and, and let's always start here. Hmm. The why is I want to be loved. Hmm. That is the deepest need in every yeah. single one of us. I want to be loved. And so codependency is just a framework and a system that helps us feel loved. Hmm. Unfortunately, it's a very destructive system. It's a system that has a lot of downside to it. Mm. But just, and again, this is the compassion towards ourselves. We do these things, or maybe you've been in a a, a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, or um, you're becoming an enabler in an addictive uh, relationship. It, mm-hmm. it is all driven by just our desire to be loved. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the most simple um, root of everything. And so getting curious about where am I not being loved or where do I not feel love or where are the, the deficiencies of love in my life and for us to begin to work on those things and orient around those things will help break the chains of codependency. Mm. That's so beautiful figure out which areas, how can we find more love in our life? Mm-hmm. How can we actually embrace that? And where are we lacking in it? What will actually fill that most, like understanding God's love? Mm. Usually in my life, the biggest times of brokenness have been, okay, I, do I really understand God's love? Like, do I actually know what that? I mean, I can say like, God loves me. God is love. Like, amazing. But what does that really mean for us? How do we actually experience that? Um, that's been hugely helpful for me, uh, even in this process of analyzing the codependency. Okay. So in this, there's one thing that we get a lot of questions from people. They write in so many amazing things. And one question I see popping up over and over again is being spiritually equally yoked. Okay. And in this scenario, a lot of partners write into me being like, I feel like I'm spiritually further along than my partner. Right. And they want to get their partner to go to church more or pray more or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And people write this to me all the time. (laughs) And while being equally yoked is important, right? How can we sometimes end up forcing or controlling these situations, right? Which is more codependent, but you still want the outcome of being equally yoked. So I'm just like, I, it's hard for me even to know exactly how to respond to people when they write this in, but how do we navigate those situations where someone might be still, might be growing, which is amazing, but that might not look like what that partner actually wants at this moment in time. Yes. This may not be a popular statement that I'm about to make, but I'll go ahead and make it. Okay. Um, I'll divorce myself of being liked right now. Um, be okay being misunderstood? Yes, I'm be be quite all right to be misunderstood here. But but religious people are the most codependent people I've ever met. Mm. And uh, it is all sort of tied up in this spirituality, Mm. religion, um, theology Mm. that actually 
leads to, to very, very codependent behaviors on our, our part. Yeah. Um, you always think about, uh, and then we talked about this in Rescue Academy. He's like, we love that we love the idea of Jesus dying on the cross and the mm. sacrifice that he made. And that's sort of our model for how we are going to mm. do our lives and our relationships and how we're going to serve the world. And we, and, and that's sort of a, that is a amazing picture of sacrifice. But number one, I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. <laughs> um, and number two, we, we so easily dismiss all the other things that Jesus did to actually uh, take care of himself right. and to allow people to make their own choices about, about their lives. Yeah. Um, I, I always love, um, the story in the, the scriptures about, uh, the, the man who was an invalid and a cripple at the healing pool in John yeah, five. So and, good, yeah. and Jesus just asked him like, do you want to get well? Yeah. Do you want to get, do well? you want to get well? Yeah. And he was never forcing somebody to like, he says, like, do you want to take ownership of your life is basically what he's saying. But there was no force. There's no manipulation. There was no, like, I got to get, this, I, this guy has to walk. That's what's got to happen here. I'm going to help. I'm going to make him see gonna, that he wants to walk. So, and, so totally. I'm going to convince him. So, so like, the, <laughs> the religious stuff um, really can, can infiltrate how we, how we do relationship mm-hmm. in, in a negative way. And so, again, getting curious about why do I believe the things that I believe? Like, why do I need this person? Now, I understand the Bible says that. Mm-hmm. The Bible says a lot of things, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lot there's, of lot, there's lots of things in the Bible. <laughs> some things I like, some things I really lock into, and it's got to be like, this has to happen. Like this, And some it, things I'm like, I'm just going to graze Yeah, that, that one, no, not so, not so no, important. No. So, like, let's just get curious about... <laughs> Like, why are we so attached to a particular concept hmm. around, you know, equally yoked or whatever the theological yeah. idea mm-hmm. is? Um, and I do believe, like, I, I'm a big believer in, like, spirituality and how, you know, being aligned in those things actually play a, a, a big role. Yeah. But trying to fix or manipulate or get somebody to do something spiritually is still codependent. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, I have a good intention though. Like the Bible says this, and this is what we should be doing. Right. That's how we can say it. It's like, totally. but this is what the Bible says. Oh my gosh. I've heard that so many times. Yes. And that's, I've probably used it many times as well. And that's the real. intention that that's where we have to see. Like I could say, Hey, the Bible says this, and I'm not sure how we all of a sudden got onto talking theology like this, but it's like the Bible says this. Yes, it does say that. But how, why, why am I doing that? Am I doing that because I need God to think that I'm doing what the Bible says? Am Mm. I doing it because I need God to love me or like me or think that I'm a good Christian or whatever? Like that I'm following the rules. Like again, or I care about everybody else thinking that I'm the perfect model Christian. Exactly. All of that. So it's just like, I know the Bible says those things, and and mm. and we love our Bible. We do, I do. <laughs> Kate does. Yes, but but like we mm. let's get a little bit more curious, mm. curious about why we're leaning on certain things about what the Bible tells us to do, and especially in relationships, especially in friendships. You know why mm. why are we engaging in certain things with people? It can't just be because the Bible says like, it's got to be a little bit more, um, uh, it's 
It's got to be more expansive than that. I completely agree. And this is why it's like, okay, I understand. It's so hard for me to address these things with people. I'm like, all right, that's why we're having this conversation. Because like, I don't know all the answers ever. And it's about, and it comes off with really good intention. But it's just like, I don't know. I think. Seemingly good intentions. Yeah. Work on yourself. Um, Don't force the other person Mm. in any way. Like. That's, I guess that's like, we can only be radically owning what we're doing. And yes. if I want spiritual growth and I have to be focusing on my own spiritual growth, yeah. not the other person's. What I do always say in this is like, obviously if the person is not someone who wants to grow in any way, that's a red flag. Of course. Of course. Then, yes. Th- yes. If they never want to spiritually grow, if they never want to like grow at, as an individual, they don't have a teachable spirit. Yes, you should end that most likely. That's probably not good. I think anybody who's unwilling to do the work mm-hmm. of growth, of, um, you know, learning, you know, whether it be about spiritual things, things about themselves, things about, mm. you know, their, their life. Their, like, I w- don't be involved in a relationship of a person who's not looking to grow and isn't open to... But, but the, the problem is we have these timetables, we have these expectations right. of what growth should look like. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's where it gets really messy. Yeah. You're like, oh, but this is what I wanted you to do. And this is the amount of time I want it to be done in 30 yeah. days. And that's you're right. just like dragging your feet. So I'm going to continuously remind you, hey, what about that thing? Yes. Oh, man, I'm speaking from personal experience right here, Mike. This is a really tough thing. Yeah. If you have this really clear picture in your head about how this all is supposed to go with this particular person. Person, whether it's about their spiritual development or their personal yeah. development or how they should react, how they should not react. Like if you got a really clear picture, like this is what it's got to look like, that's codependency. Like, it's that's, control. That's control. That's like exactly it. Oh my gosh. It's laugh. It's I'm laughing because I'm sure so many people, including myself, can relate to this. I know you can, mm. but it's like, it's describing so much of the conversations I have personally with people too. It's like, but I want my boyfriend to do this, but he's not doing it. And yes. then it constantly comes up and then he most likely feels like a failure because I'm bringing it up again, but like I'm hyper-focusing on it and I'm thinking about it every single day, but why isn't he thinking about mm. it? He's telling me on his day off that he's doing this. But I think that he should really be thinking about this. Why? I brought it up so many times. It's like literally a conversation I had recently with someone. Yeah. I, I, so, and, and that's those are really normal conversations that and and happen all the time. And what we should what we should be asking ourselves is not like why are they doing this thing or why are they acting this way. It's like the better question is why am I responding to their actions or activities or what they're saying in this way. Mm-hmm. I get more it and that that's a much more important project yeah. than trying to get them to do something else. Like why am I why do I get so angry when they do this little habit? Mm-hmm. Why do I get so stressed mm-hmm. when they don't behave a, a a particular way? That's our that's what that's when we start leaning into ownership. That's yeah. what that's our own development and a much more healthy project to be involved in than trying to fix somebody. Okay. So on this exact point, there's a quote I want to read because I think it fully ties in and it's from the book codependent no more by Melody Beattie. Oh, such a good book on this topic. So she says, and this one hit me when I just like so much of that book I have highlighted and underlined, but this one I was like, gosh, yeah, this is, this needs to be said, but she says, Sometimes no human being could be there for us the way we need them to be. 
to absorb us, care for us, and make us feel good, complete, and safe. Sometimes no human being could ever Mm -hmm. do that. And because of that, it's like we – in hearing that, we have to learn how to take care of ourselves, which we've touched on, and how to address our own insecurities. So what do you, how can we deal with our insecurities, do you think? Mm. Like what, how do we do that? Because we project it in relationships. Yeah. We expect other people to take care of our insecurities. Yeah, well, all of it, and I love, I love that quote because it, it, it just, it, it summarizes that all of it, for us to be happy, it's, and to be fulfilled and to feel loved, it's an inside job. Mm. It's not based on external things. It's not based on people loving us or needing us or, or helping them or mm. sacrificing for them. It's, it's all internal. And, and I, I just, so to your question about how do we, how do we deal with our insecurities? Welcome them. Right. That's Scary. probably the first part. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I feel insecure. Mm. I give you a, give you a, um, example literally from yesterday. So my <laughs> wife and I are laying in bed and, um, it's been like an interesting season of change mm. for me. And, and, and there's a lot of instability in kind of mm. my life right now. Um, and I just, I'm saying, man, I'm like, I want to tell Jennifer that I'm feeling sad. That was the word that was mm. just like, I'm feeling sad. And I want her to know that. But I literally laid in bed for about 20 minutes <laughs> having this internal dialogue about not telling my wife that mm. because I didn't want her to think I was weak or I didn't want her to think that, or, or I didn't, I didn't know how she would respond. Like, would I feel comforter, comforted by her mm. like in that? Like if I shared that, would she respond in like kindness or compassion or would she like kind of like well, what are we doing today? You know, kind of, are we going to breakfast kind of thing? Or, you know, <laughs> so, and, and, and that wouldn't be how I would want her to respond. I would, and so like I played this scenario through my brain for 20 minutes. Like I'm only going to say it if she responds this way. Yeah. Yeah. And just trying to control the outcomes, mm-hmm. trying to control perceptions, trying to, I wanted to be something that I wanted, I didn't want to be sad. I wanted to be happy or I wanted to be, mm. you know, encouraging or whatever the other emotion that I could think of I'd mm. rather be. But after battling for 20 minutes in my head, I just said it and it went, went so well. And it wasn't, I, what I realized is that wasn't about her. Yeah. It wasn't, what was important was about me getting those words out. Mm. And so for us, just like, say it's okay to battle in your mind for 20 minutes about saying something because you feel insecure or afraid or you're wanting to control something that's that's pretty normal Mm. um but the way we grow Mm. and the way that we push past the insecurities and how we quiet the insecurities is act actually the action Mm. and activity of pushing through those Mm. and so and that was a again feels like a very small thing. Like that's like telling my wife who I've been married to for 23 years that I was sad. Mm. Um, you know, that was a, that was a big deal, but I, I did it for my own growth. Mm. I did it for my own heart. Mm. Um, and codependency told me not to say that. Mm. Um, fear told me not to say that insecurity, people pleasing told me not to say that. 
I'm like, no, this is, this is my state of mind right now. And I think this person who I know loves me, who cares about me, Mm. um, needs to know this. Mm. And so I always say like, anytime we're afraid, it's engaging your body, engaging your voice, engaging another human being just to like, and not, not say like, I need this human being to respond a certain way Mm. or do something. It's just like, I need to bring them in. Um, the transparency and vulnerability begins to help get rid of the insecurities. And actually, it helps us understand that I'm okay. Mm. When I said that and said that to her, I I did feel, I felt better. Mm. And, it, and I didn't say it to feel better. I said it because I knew it was just an important part of um, life mm. and overcoming this insecurity and this, this fear that I had. But... But we realize as we talk about our codependencies, we talk about our fears, as we talk about our insecurities, as we talk about our shame, as we talk about our past, um, parts of our stories that we don't want to talk about, what happens is we learn that we're actually okay mm. as we are. And it, it actually allows love, love to come into our hearts, mm. not through an external force, not through some external environment or thing. It actually just expands because we're tapping into um, who we really are. Mm. And, and that's why I just pursue help, pursue love, pursue compassion for yourself. If mm. you're like beating yourself up over some relationship that you've been in or some codependent toxic thing that you've been demonstrating or saying or doing, and you're, you're just like, it, it's okay to just have a reset and to say, okay, like I know why I'm doing this. Let's get back to cultivating love in our lives. Mm. So much of that too is like forgiving yourself for, and having grace for yourself. Mm. We've talked about this before too. And so I know I have to practice that a lot. Like, okay, what's really happening is I'm insecure because I don't really have grace for myself about how I did something or what I'm feeling. And I can have grace for myself. Yeah. I always tell people uh, that, that being a human being is hard. Mm. And we never need, we, we should never forget that. Mm. It's hard being a human being. And every day we're learning and growing and discovering something new and wonderful about ourselves. And we're also discovering something that's broken and messy in ourselves. And that's called being a human being. <laughs> Mike, this is amazing. Thank you for just sharing your heart on this topic. And thank you for being vulnerable. Um, I'm so excited for how this just kind of opening people's eyes to what codependency is, how it might play out, can start hopefully the process of recognizing, hey, it's okay. A lot of people, both you and I included, are admitting like this happens to a lot of people. Mm. Um, If you're in a relationship right now that this is present, there are ways to work on it. Um, If you've noticed those tendencies in the past, there's ways to work on it. Um, Just like you said, there's no shame about it. But it's the recognizing it and allowing yourselves to like state the insecurity and embrace it and grow from it. Um, okay, so I asked every guest the same last question that I'm going to ask you right now, which is, do you have any final, and you know this because we've done this before, right? This is not new. No, I'm like, <laughs> I'm the only guest that's been on twice. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so what is your final nugget of dating advice? This is so funny too because now people ask me, what's your final nugget of dating advice, uh, Kate? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to ask you right now though. Yeah, Mike. that's such a great question. Hmm. I, I would just say um, the the best dating advice I can give is to do dating and do relationships with um, a posture of open hands, mm. uh, a sense of um, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to uh, worry that I can literally just live a life of surrender and my, my, my hands are open. Mm. I don't have to grasp. I don't have to clutch. I don't have to control. And I think anytime we're, we're doing that in our relationships, uh, good things will happen. Hmm. I couldn't agree more. Mike, if people want to connect with you after today and get involved with what you're doing, you're so inspired. I love your Instagram posts. They're so amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, everyone should go follow Mike. What, how did they connect with you? Um, so probably the, 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 well, Instagram, like Instagram, of course, right? Yeah, well, yeah. uh, I'm just Mike Foster 2000 <laughs> on Instagram, which I hate that I'm the 2000 what Mike Foster. What is it with the 2000? What? You know, it's, uh, somebody else had Mike Foster. And so <laughs> it, I don't even know how I, it's, it's the lamest Instagram name no, ever. It's not. <laughs> like 2000. All right. 2000. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but probably if you go into my website, Mike Foster TV, um, I don't even have a television show Again, it was hard to get my name. I, I can't <laughs> get like MikeFoster.com. Yeah. So, but yeah, MikeFoster.tv. Um, it has the the workshop there that we were referring mm. to for Rescue Academy. You can learn more about that. Also has uh, links to the pot, my podcast, Fun oh, Therapy, yes, of course, which you are on now. Yes, which yes, I can't believe can't, that. Oh, what a good conversation! Oh, what a blessing! That was that was a great conversation. Talk about allowing your insecurities just out. You know, like oh my gosh, you were made. You seriously, <laughs> I we were talking about this before we started recording, mm. and top one of my top favorite mm. conversations ever. So um, thank you. The uh, but yeah, fun therapy, uh, podcast, rest academy workshop, and all of that's at mikefoster.tv. Mm. Mike, you're so amazing. Oh, love you, you friend. too, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. Thank you for having me in your home for blessing us with this conversation. Well, thanks, Kate, and uh, love talking with you today. Now, I know many of you probably don't want to hear this, but I think a lot of us fall into codependent tendencies more than we care to admit. One of my favorite parts of today was when Mike said, you are ridiculously in charge of your own life. Mm-hmm. But often, friends, we let the actions or the lack of words or whatever it is from other people impact us so deeply that it becomes crippling. I love that Mike says, for us to be happy, it's an inside job. It's not based on external things. It is not based on people loving us or needing us or helping them. It's all internal. Y'all, we have to take radical ownership and seek to find a place of deep love and acceptance and surrender in our relationships. I hope you feel so inspired to take some of this and apply it to your own lives as it relates to codependency. Now, if you want to connect with Mike, you can find him on Instagram at MikeFoster2000. Also pay attention to what he's doing with Rescue Academy. It was so impactful for me and my life. And don't forget to check out MikeFoster.tv and pick up a copy of the Five Dates Workbook. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. 
If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heart of dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we could not thank you more. Until next time, friends.